Fantasy, in this sense, is, I think, not a lower but a higher form of art, indeed the most nearly pure form, and so, when achieved, the most potent. What really happens is the storymaker proves a successful sub-creator. He makes a secondary world which your mind can enter. Inside it, what he relates is true. It accords with the laws of that world. You therefore believe it, while you are, as it were, inside. But the moment disbelief arises, the spell is broken. The magic, or rather art, has failed. You are then out in the primary world again, looking at the a little abortive secondary world from outside. Hey there, gang. I'm Danny J. And I'm Joel N. And we are... Keep, Keep on Tolkien. Yes, of course. Yes, of course. That was a really great opening excerpt, especially for this episode. Yeah, it felt very appropriate. And for those of you who are wondering, that was an excerpt from uh, Tales from the Perilous Realm, one of, uh, of J.R. Tolkien's other books. Yeah, by the man himself. By the man from the horse's mouth. From, as it were. As it were. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, well, welcome back. Uh, thanks for coming back again for season six. Uh, so this is our second episode this season. And uh, while you're here, go ahead and check out our weekly React videos for the Amazon Rings of Power series. Oh, yeah. Those have been a lot of fun. We've been enjoying doing that. Yeah, so we just finished those up. Uh, those were a really fun thing to do in between our seasons. And uh, overall, we, we enjoyed the show. It's yeah. certainly far from perfect. Yeah, but it's fine. It's fun. It's it's you know. been good. But if you if you want to know more, go check out our reactions to that. Yeah, they're really fun. Either TikTok or uh, YouTube. Yeah, and if you really want to know our in depth opinion, uh, next week next week's podcast episode is actually our in depth review of the first season yes, of yes. the Rings of Power. Indeed, that's going to be fun too. Yeah, so stay tuned for that. Also, we have t-shirts now available. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Woo, woo, woo. Yeah, check out our merch store. So that's going to be at keep-on-tolkien-podcast.tmill.com. That's T-E-E-M-I-L-L. Dot com. Dot com. Yeah, more merch to come <laughs> in the future. We've got some fun stuff on there, like a tote bag and a various t-shirts and a sticker. Go go check it out. Yeah, all designed by our friends and people around us. Trevor, uh, everyone loves Trevor. He designed the Shafted t-shirt, which is my favorite. Yeah, friends helped us des- design uh, various uh, artworks and, and things that we put on those t-shirts. So go check them out. It's kind of fun. Yes, yes. But for today, our subject we are extremely excited about. Yes, yes. Some of you may have seen our uh, videos online, our TikToks, and our little updates as we went on our little road trip over to Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Yeah, and I just want to, uh, before we start, this isn't in the outline, but I, I, we should, we'd should we be remiss to not say. Um, this is uh, uh, a trip that happened only because of Patreon yes. uh, subscribers. This whole episode and all the content we are about to bring you is only happening because of our patrons on patreon you guys are the only reason we were able to afford to go do this yes. spur of the moment little spontaneous trip which was so fucking awesome and we have we have some great content from it that you're about to hear yeah so last weekend me and danny and uh my wife mal we went out 
packed up into Danny's car, and we drove on out to Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and we went to the Hagerty Museum of Art, because there, they have currently an exhibit called J.R.R. Tolkien, The Art of the Manuscript. Woo-woo-woo, yeah! And it is a fantastic exhibit, Holy you guys. shit, you guys, it's so fucking cool. So briefly, what is J.R.R. Tolkien's The Art of the Manuscript? Well, I'm glad you asked, Danny. So it's an exhibit at uh, Hagerty Museum in Milwaukee, and it runs from August 19th to December 23rd of this year, the year 2022 of our Lord. Of our Lord, Anno Domini. And also, yeah, if you're in the Midwest or you can afford to fly to Milwaukee or fly to Chicago and then drive up there. Yeah, it's about an hour away. It's about an hour away from Chicago. that might be a cheap way to do it, guys. Mm -hmm. But anyway, get your ass over there if you can because by the time this episode comes out, there will be limited time. Right, yeah. Check this out. It only goes until December 23rd of this year. Yeah. So this is an an exhibit that focuses on the work of J.R.R. Tolkien, specifically his handwritten transcripts and some of his hand-drawn art. Yeah, so cool, you guys. It is amazing. So we're talking actual pieces of paper with his handwriting yeah, on it, like we the could originals. See straight up the stroke of his mother friggin' pen, dog. Yeah, random like backs of envelopes that he doodled on and shit yeah, like that. Well, it, it was like one of those got there. like a grocery list on the back. Yep. Like, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. It was and really not funny. literally, but like shit like that. Like yeah. yeah, there was just like everything this dude's ever written is sacred now. So even if there's some nonsense on the back of the piece of paper, they're gonna show it. It's mm-hmm. yeah. So before we, we dive into some of the awesome, amazing things that that were in this exhibit let's let's uh, throw out a little more information about the exhibit and the uh, museum yeah so marquette university's raynor uh memorial libraries and the hagerty museum of art collaboratively present this exhibit focused on the works and celebrated of celebrated author and artist J.R. tolkien yeah so this exhibit it considers J.R. tolkien's work through the lens of manuscripts in terms of both the materials that Tolkien studied as a medieval philologist and the manuscripts that he created while developing his uh, collected writings on Middle Earth. It is so cool, you guys. God, this is... Get there. Yeah, so it's a little bit of like what inspired him and a lot of his own writing. Uh, So Professor Tolkien was deeply immersed in the complexities of manuscripts, as I'm sure we're all aware, and this exhibit will illustrate how different aspects of the manuscript tradition found expression within Tolkien's scholarly life and in his creative writing. Yeah, and this whole exhibit is founded on Marquette's J.R.R. Tolkien collection. The exhibit also includes items borrowed from other repositories, including significant numbers of Tolkien manuscripts and artwork from the Bodleian, I hope I'm saying that right, libraries at the University of Oxford. Yeah, so some stuff shipped over directly from Oxford. From across the pond. So there was a pristine collection of stuff here, you guys. Yeah. Many of the 147 items in the exhibit have not previously been exhibited or published before. Never. So some of this stuff... Out of the millions of you out there our eyes have seen things that you've never seen isn't that that's that's when we read that that's what made us know we had to go we had that's to what go. Con, that's what convinced us yeah that line right there yeah so that was amazing and we're going to touch on some of this stuff so yes yes the exhibit is accompanied by a 196 page hardbound catalog which we bought we totally did you and guys anyone that gets there go buy that catalog. buy the book it's not cheap but it's fucking worth it yeah it's uh, 60 bucks american but it literally has everything in the exhibit like facts scanned because into 
the importantly, book. you cannot take photos at this exhibit. Correct. Yep. So keep that in mind. So buying the book is worth it because you will not be able to take any goddamn pictures. As much as you will want to, you should not because it's against, it's against the rules. And there is security there that will ask you to not do that anymore if you try. Yeah, so again, the uh, hardbound catalog, it reproduces the complete object list and includes introductory, into, excuse me, introductory essays by the exhibit co-curators William M. Fliss and uh, Sarah C. Schaefer. Both those cats got PhDs. Forgive me for not using their doctors. Yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> Show some respect for academia. I am so all. sorry. <laughs> but on that subject, let's actually talk about those two, the co-curators yeah, of this exhibit. Let's do it. Let's just talk so about you know who's uh, who, what nerds are putting yeah. this together for you. It's these aren't just nobodies. They're, these nerds, and these, we might we might possibly be getting in touch with these folks. Actually. Yeah, we're uh, gonna try to reach out to them for some uh, see if maybe they'll talk to us a little more about yeah. some of the stuff in the exhibit. Yeah, because this is just uh, an amazing experience, guys, that we really enjoyed. One in a lifetime kind of thing. But let's talk about William. William N. Fliss. He's a PhD in history and political science from the University of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. What a nerd. Nerd alert. Nerd, nerd, nerd. Beard. Exactly the kind of person you want to be curating a Tolkien exhibit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this guy's king nerd. What a king. So he's also an archivist for the Special Collections and Archives at Raynor Memorial Libraries at Marquette University in Wisconsin. Yeah. And he's the curator of the library's uh, apparently extensive J.R.R. Tolkien collection. I had no idea Marquette's library was so extensive. Yeah, it's it's impressive. So that's uh, that's kind of his background. So let's talk a little bit about uh, uh, Sarah Schaefer, Dr. Schaefer. Yes. Uh, so she has a phd in art history from columbia university yeah, she's an art historian at the university of wisconsin milwaukee where she teaches courses on 19th and 20th century art and visual culture yeah so another ideal person to have working on this yeah uh, her current research interests include reproduction and religious i'm oh, i'm gonna pronounce this wrong kitsch sounds right and uh, representations of fairy and fantasy in 19th century europe yes yes so exactly the two kind of nerds that you would want and they put, to curate and present this to you. They did a fucking bang up job. Amazing job, both. Yeah, let's let's just give them a little bit of a yeah hand. round of applause. Fantastic exhibit. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, well worth the five hour drive. Yeah, so initially going into this exhibit, we were just trying to like find some content. We're like, well, what can we do? Let's look for some quotes that we like. I thought we were gonna have trouble finding content. Yeah, we we at first we were like, what what are, let's 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 try to like get a list. Like, let's try to find this this and this. Let's try to find a quote we like. Let's try to find a an illustration that he doodled somewhere that we like. Mm -hmm. It was not hard. Not fun. hard at all. No, to there were so many, these. so many things. So let's start off by just saying the exhibit. It, uh, it was uh, a few rooms. Mm -hmm. I'd say it was one, like three, two, and, yeah. three, uh, three, four-ish rooms. Three, four. It was like a, one very large room, and then like kind of two smaller rooms on the wings. But yeah, um, there were five parts to the exhibit. Part one was called Rooted Works, and it was basically transcripts of works that inspired Tolkien. This was really freaking cool, you guys. This, this was, was cool. uh, they had a really old transcript of Beowulf mm -hmm. that had the full like art shit on mm -hmm. the pages that they used to do. Oh, that was that was freaking beautiful. 
Yeah, so he was very much into his uh, his uh, Anglo-Saxon. Yes, and there were some a few different ones in Latin too, because I could uh, read them a little bit. <laughs> oh yes, you with your <laughs> Latin background. Oh. oh, my one year of Catholic school Latin. Yeah, so there were some really cool historical documents and transcripts in part one. Uh, part two, records of ancient days. These were, this might have been one of my favorite parts, actually. Yeah, I think <laughs> right so, too. Off the bat. Um, this was essentially like transcripts and writings from within the legendarium. So like yeah. letters from a character to a character, like within the legendarium, or a book written within the legendarium or something like that. Yeah. So there were It some, was really cool. There were some really really cool things in that section like parts of the book of mazarbal yeah like he straight up drew like an image he of drew the page. an image of a manuscript like yeah, he, talk about how important manuscripts were to tolkien he literally did a manuscript depicting an ancient manuscript yeah r- literally it's a page with a picture of a burnt up piece of paper on it yeah. and uh, he wrote out the some of its curse and then of course it ends in tengwar when you've got uh, they are coming they are coming you know mm-hmm. yeah there's some really cool shit in this we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about them but uh part three was uh fair letters and, and this was all about the evolution of the scripts yes. that he had done yep which was so cool you guys so it, they literally cool. had them like lined up and uh in in and you could see the evolution like, like he would have like quenya cinder and, mm-hmm. and, and oh my god it was the different so cool. versions of tengwar script i was i was just gawking over all of the the coups duel right oh my god joel curse. was losing his freaking mind there was so much i would say like a quarter of the shit there was like related to coups duel language or the book of uh mazarbal mazarbal yeah there was a lot of book of mazarbal uh stuff in there like a page of the book of mazarbal you know here and there are various versions of it and then there was uh, a few versions of the text on balin's tomb uh, the evolution of that, and then there was a few versions of the text over the door of Durin. There was a lot of really cool dwarfish stuff that I yeah. was just eating it the, all up. The dwarf stuff and the lay of Eärendil are the two most prominent things. I mm-hmm. think. There was so many different versions of the lay of Eärendil, short and long. Yeah, and so then we get into part four, which is old times and distant lands. So this included like not necessarily maps and things, but there were like family trees and there's like information about like hobbit measurements and lots of family trees <laughs> lots of family trees is, is this the one that had the spreadsheet this is the one that also had the the spreadsheet like it's this a was diagram w- straight up one of the most as as a writer one of the most incredible things i've ever seen to for world building yeah it was literally, you guys, a handmade fucking, uh, like you'd call, like an Excel spreadsheet. Yeah. And you could look up the date and see what every character was doing on the date. And it would walk you through the dates of the Lord of the Rings and what each character was doing at that exact date. Yeah. So this whole oh section was essentially like, like information charts and guidelines for Tolkien to follow while he was writing his narrative. Mm-hmm. So he had like calendars with events all lined out then he had like spreadsheets where you'd have events spread out by character or yep. group of characters and then uh it was so cool it just he tried so hard to make things so accurate and we're gonna talk about a few of those things in, in a second in here a second here uh but the final section which was absolutely beautiful was part five uh glimpsing other worlds and this was all devoted to artwork yes 
And that was like artwork uh, that Tolkien had done just for funsies about the Legendarium, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So some of it was very official, like, you know, he got a blank page and, you know, he drew a beautiful image on it, Mm -hmm. colored it in. Maybe some, maybe one of them was on like an, and then one was on like an envelope. Yeah. And some of them are just doodles on the back of envelopes. Yeah. (laughs) Or or on the back, on the back of other papers. One thing that they mentioned a few times throughout this is how Tolkien never wasted paper. Yeah, he learned that during the war. Never waste paper. If there's something written on one side, but the back is blank, that's a whole page Yeah, for you to write on. Yeah, don't waste paper, guys. Yeah. Because Tolkien, what? He loved trees, right? He loved them. So, like, why would he waste paper knowing that they come from trees, you know? All the more reason. So, would not waste paper, guys. So, some of the things that, specifically within this exhibit that we loved. Oh, yeah. There yeah. were a lot. And we're not going to walk you through every single thing in as the exhibit. As much as we would like to. Well, which is because, funny. Because why, Joel? Because you can sort of listen to us walk through the whole thing yourselves. Yeah. We actually we purchased some lapel mics and mm-hmm. we recorded our entire journey into this uh, exhibit. Yes. So and there we was, excitedly uh, describe everything that we're looking at. So there was no photography allowed none specifically but uh they there wasn't anything against uh, audio recording so we put on our our lapel mics and yeah so we recorded our entire reactions to walking through that whole exhibit and it's it's fantastic so that'll be some added content that you guys can find yeah as a uh, a companion piece along with on the uh on the soundcloud stream or yeah. wherever you get the podcast yeah 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 so go check that out because that uh, that was fun that was very fun. That'll be upcoming. Yeah, that'll be very fun. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about some of the, the things that we loved, loved, loved. Yeah, so just a few of the things that we really loved out of the exhibit. So like I said earlier, I really liked Section 2, Records of Ancient Days, like the transcripts within the stories. I ate up all the Book of Mazarbal versions that they had. So cool. They had so at cool. least like four different if not more. variations, if not more, of the Book of Mazarbal. They had like it typed out the message um he he had you know a few pages like we said where he actually art artistically drew the, the a picture of the page yeah crazy out of the book shit. of Mazarbal. oh my god it was some of them had blood stains on it some of them had blood stains on it yeah he went so far as to color some of this shit yeah it was really really fucking cool and then another thing that we had uh, another item that we found that was really cool danny pointed this one out yeah this is a, a basically a letter from Sam, uh, or excuse me, a letter to Sam from uh, Aragorn once he's King Elisar. Yeah, so this is something that uh, Tolkien kind of played with, and he wrote a few versions of it apparently, but it didn't ultimately end up making its way into the textbook. I mean, into the, the you know the the overall narrative of the Lord of the Rings. So it's it would have taken place. Um, this would come in at the end of the Return of the King, uh, essentially after the scouring of the Shire and everything. After Aragorn has become king, and he would essentially be sending Sam a letter letting him know that he wanted to come visit. But I guess, you know, the the book already had, (laughs) like, multiple endings. Right, yeah. So throwing one more thing in there was probably just too much. So he had to There was, like, too much guy. Just just too much. Too much. So actually, we've got, like I said, we we bought the accompanying book to go with it with all of these items in it. So we're actually going to give you a little sample of this letter here. From did you did you want that in English or Elvish? <laughs> oh, 
fuck me. Yes, because he actually wrote it in both. Side by side here, guys. I'm looking at one version and uh, I'll read like a sentence. When I'm done, I'll read like a sentence or two of the Elvish just to give you a taste. It's it's too hard to read the whole thing now. Yeah, so Danny's going to read us some of this letter so you can get a taste of what this was like. Aragorn Strider, Arathorn's son, the Elfstone King of Gondor and Arnor, Lord of the Westlands, will approach the bridge of Baranduin on the eighth day of spring, or in the Shire Reckoning, the second day of April. And he desires to greet there all of his friends. In special, he desires to see Master Samwise, Mayor of the Shire, and Rosie, his wife, and Eleanor, Rosie, Goldilocks, and Daisy, his daughters, and Frodo, Mary, Pippin, and Hamfast, his sons, Aragorn, Elisar, from Minas Tirith, the 23rd day of February, 6341, Shire Reckoning, I believe that means, 1436. Yeah, those dates didn't line up in my head very well, so this may have been... Yeah, I think this is an early, early so version. disregard those years. Yeah, those dates don't line up with the canon, the final published version, but still, pretty cool stuff. So here's a little taste that you want to do a little taste of the Elvish? Yeah, give us a little give us a little give us a little, taste. A little tasty little give tasty. Little taste. Okay, here we go. Elessar, Telkantar, Edergorn, Arthonian, Edel, Harn, Anglilnatha, E Vranduniant, Eren Dothen, Ethuil. Yeah. That's good job. Yeah. That's better than I'd be able to do. So I'm I'm proud it's of like you. It's like the first third of it, guys. Yeah, so that was just one of the many things we found that we thought was really cool in this section. Um there were multiple versions of the lay of Air Rangel. And I mean multiple, I mean multiple more than a handful. He yeah. really Dude. liked to write and rewrite out the lay of Air Rendell. Apparently he had been working on that one for a while. Straight up the exhibit on the outside of the door, remember? Like the the decoration was the lay of Air Rendell. And we, there's a picture, there's a TikTok of us standing in front yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah, that was one yeah, of the things. Check out, if you want to check out our journey, by the way, check out our TikTok. We yeah. chronicled it all. On yeah, there. we stopped and got some cookies in Wisconsin. <laughs> oh, yeah, we, yeah, check out the whole trip, guys. It was a fun little trip. Yeah, we really enjoyed it. It was a nice, like, two-day trip over into Milwaukee and back, but... And again, thank you to our Patreon subscribers for making thank that happen. Thank you, thank you, yes. Round of applause. That was a fast one, look at that. <laughs> So other things that we found in section two that we really liked, uh, like I mentioned earlier, there were multiple versions of the text over Durin's door, mm-hmm. and uh, there were multiple versions of the text on Balin's tomb that mm-hmm. were really cool. Uh, then there was also early versions of the One Ring text. Yeah, him kind of working out the uh, the black speech, right? Yeah, how yeah. that would, how he wanted it to look on the ring, and mm-hmm. uh, you could see it get more and more curving and i don't want to say swoopy but like longer ends to some of the consonants and things mm-hmm. like that it's it's cool it was cool watching it watching getting to it. getting to literally see it develop in front of you in front of your eyes and like yeah like we said literally paper that he touched yep i mean there's probably coffee stains on it the, it's his handwriting with his ink and like, pencil and if you held it in your hand you might be able to catch like the flu that he had <laughs> off of it you know <laughs> Oh, but one of yeah, one of the other uh, things we really liked was a uh, unpublished story about Frodo meeting Treebeard, who is uh, an evil giant. Yeah, so 
we were just kind of, there was a lot to look at. So our first time through, we walked through a couple times, admittedly. Our first time through, we were just like breezing through and just trying to get a sense of what was there. And I, I saw this, it caught my eye and I was like, Frodo Treebeard? Frodo never met Treebeard. Yeah, I was like, there, what? There were no explicit scenes between them. I was like, wait, what is what is this? And then the scene was really weird and like Treebeard was acting weird. And then I like read the description like below the item. And it was like, this is an early version of a story that he wrote to introduce a new character called Treebeard, who was supposed to be an evil giant. Yeah, I guess. So that was really interesting. Yeah. Uh, another one uh, we found was uh, an unpublished letter from Gandalf that was left on Weathertop. Because if you remember in the story, all that's there is the Elvish ruin and the date he was there, remember? Right. Yep. And then everything's all burnt up. Yeah. But apparently he had at one point thought to have Gandalf leave a letter behind. But he, as, as we know, he, that didn't happen. He abandoned that. So here is a little bit. From that letter, I'm going to do the best I can because I'm literally reading Tolkien's His friggin handwriting. handwriting. I'm reading we're, do, this. we're doing the job of Christopher Tolkien right now. Yeah, like I said, we're, we're reading this out of the uh, the book that came along with the exhibit. So I've got a picture of the transcript here. Tolkien's handwriting is notoriously hard to read sometimes, as Christopher will tell you. So a little bit from this letter that he left. It says, Wednesday evening, October 5th. I have waited two days, originally it was three days, and he crossed it out for two, uh, and must go on. I still hope you are ahead. I am not, and I hope to find you, I hope you find this, oh gosh, that's getting hard. Something about all speed for the ford beyond the troll shore. Troll shaws? Troll shaws. And then he writes again Wednesday. Oh, gosh, that's getting particularly hard to read. Okay, I think that's about as much as I'm going to waste my time on <laughs> live on air for but you that's, guys. But that's that's literally still. how it is to read these. Uh, it's a little bit hard to read these uh, handwriting. Yeah, and then on the page right next to this, another thing I wanted to mention. It's another one of Gandalf's letters, except this is actually the letter. This is supposed to be the letter that Gandalf left at Bree. Oh, He actually cool. wrote out that whole letter. We hear of that letter, and then, like, you know, Butterbur forgetting it and eventually giving it to Frodo, but we don't yeah. we don't like get the letter. You, this is the letter. You want to read it? He hand wrote the damn thing. Can you read it? I can read a little bit of it. Yeah, read a little bit of it. This is a loosey goosey episode, but this is fun, guys. Reading these manuscripts. Okay, here we go. Dear Frodo, bad news has reached me here. Must go off at once. You had better leave Bag End soon and oh my god there's a lot of scrape out and write overs and if you hear no further word come or if no further word comes from me get out of the shire as quick and as quiet as possible i will return as soon as i can and will follow you if i find you are gone leave message for me here if you pass through brie you can Trust the landlord Butterbur. You may meet a friend of mine called Trotter. <laughs> oh, this is the Trotter days. <laughs> On the road. He is dark, weathered, something. He's a fellow. Okay, so I think we actually did get some of that letter in the book. I, some of that does ring a bell, but uh, nonetheless. Yeah, it's an actual handwritten version of that letter. Very, very cool stuff. Yeah. Very, very cool stuff. Oh man, yeah, so many handwritten letters from, you know, one character to another character that So fun. 
So much, so much fleshed out. Oh, one of the other things, you guys, this was so freaking cool, is the diagram, they had a diagram picturing the Lothlorien time distortion. Yeah. Because if you remember correctly in the book, that time doesn't pass the same way mm-hmm. in Lothlorien. This is most likely due to the power of the ring, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. I think something to do with the power of the ring keeping Lothlorien like a magical place. The ring being Nenya, the, mm-hmm. the, the the ring of adamant, of adamant. Yeah, Galadriel's ring. Yeah, and but yeah, as soon as they in the um books, as soon as they get out of Lothlorien, uh, Sam the, the Sam stars comments, are different. Yeah, right? Sam comments on the moon not being in the right phase. Yeah, because he's like, I swear we were only there for yay long, but it's in this phase, which would have meant we were there for a really long time. Yeah, and then that's when Aragorn comments that time doesn't move the same. Yeah, and if you ever wondered, Tolkien mapped it out. Yeah, he literally tried to write like a visual <laughs> like timeline diagram to show how time passes linear I in forget, one place fun, and like arcs in another. It's, it's our math weird. teachers would be mad we don't know what that chart is called. <laughs> but yeah, it's like it looks like it's a like a graph almost. Yeah, like when you'd plot points on a graph in school mm-hmm. kind of. Yeah. It's 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 pretty cool. It's something you could do on a graphing calculator, I'm sure. Yeah, it was it was pretty cool. It was it was just seeing him calculate these these fine minute details. Yeah. You had no idea. He yeah. put so much time behind. Yeah, you have no idea. And then some of it never even made its way into the book. Yep. And now it's just in a museum for us to see 100 years later. Oh, and uh, another thing, I think we mentioned this a couple times before, but these uh, they're described as time schemes that were meant to track character movement and events. They were literally... Oh, this is what I kind of spoiled earlier. Yeah, yeah it was literally like over 12 pages uh, l- laying on their side like landscape-wise, mm-hmm. and it was just diagram, diagram, They were legal-sized documents, too. They were legal-sized papers, so they were longer... Yeah. Yeah. And it was just diagrams of either groups of people or single characters and events that would have been happening to them at this time or this time or this time or where they would be. It was literally just him trying to keep track of all of his own shit. Yeah, literally. Yeah. And as a writer, I was like, damn, that's what I need to be doing for, you know, if I'm trying to develop a world. It was uh, it was rather inspiring as a as a writer. Yeah, it was it, literally yeah. an Excel spreadsheet mm-hmm. before Excel. Yeah. It was... It was crazy. It was friggin' wild. And they had it all along the wall, you guys, like printed yeah. up. And you could just like walk down. It's like it was tw- like 12 <laughs> or 13 feet long. Yeah, like it was yeah. it was big. Yeah. It was a lot. It was crazy. It was so fun to look. And so that was from the, the late yeah. 1940s is yeah. when he made that particular spreadsheet, essentially. Hell yeah. One of the other things, the little minutia that we found that he um, actually written, had written out was a form of standardized measurements for hobbits. Yeah, as we know, um, in Hobbiton, they have their own time measurements. We know that the years are measured differently um, than the standard year measurements. And so likewise, they have a whole bunch of their own other measurements. And he had a whole page devoted, just scribbled full with just length measurements measurements of length that hobbits use which <laughs> it's just, it's it's so funny but it's also so immersive like they have all of their own terms all of their own lengths they actually correspond to something directly he's got it all written out i got it all here for you you want you want to throw a few out at us let's throw a few out so one nail that's their standard standard length measurement, all right? Okay. So three nails equals one toe. Okay. Six toes equals one foot. Well, this must be close to like a nail must be something like an inch or a like centimeter. Like an inch or so, yeah. Or a centimeter or whatever. 
Um, yeah. So, and he he it did say originally said six nails, but he crossed it out and wrote three. So three nails, one toe, six toes and a foot, three feet in one step, six feet in one two step or a long gate or fat <laughs> or a fathom. Six feet is also a fathom. Hmm. And then he's also got land measurements. <laughs> so one pace equals um something step two paces equals one gate 12 paces or six uh or six gates is one stripe and for 140 paces is one is 72 gates or 12 stripes and two <laughs> runs two runs that's of course one sullen of course and 1728 paces or 864 gates is uh six sullenies and uh, just last, I just read this whole fucking thing, by the way. <laughs> just to finish it. So 1,728 gates equals one pace, Smith? Oh, uh, yes. And one long stride? Naturally. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's the whole thing, guys. That's all you need to know to measure things in that's, the Shire. <laughs> now we all know how to measure things accurately in the Shire. In the Shire. Or at least we know what nomenclature to use. Yes. What units of measurement. One sullenie. One sullenie, a couple nails. Yeah. Yeah, so that was that was fun. I we saw these things when we were walking by, and we just nerded out over them for. Forever. Yeah, it was. We uh, walked through this exhibit twice, and each time it we took noticed us an something. Hour. Yeah, it took us an hour both times. <laughs> so another thing we found was an early sketch of Minas Tirith, and right next to it was a diagram of Minas Tirith from the top down, and this was from 1944 and 1946 respectively yeah, which is really cool very early versions of what he imagined the city to be really sick you guys very cool looking and then you know the two-toned map of middle earth the one that's in the back of all the are the fold-out maps of all the books yeah so we're talking when we say the, the two-tone map we're talking about the one that's generally black and white outside of the red yeah and that's from 1954 we literally saw the original hand-drawn motherfucking map you guys that's right that map is, I feel like that's, that's a famous map. Like that is it's so, so famous. It's so well known. You'll find it in a lot of uh, versions of the Silmarillion. Always. Um, you'll find it in some of the versions of the Lord of the Rings because this is a third age Middle Earth map. Yep. But it's it's the one that has like the uh, the names in red. It's text. my favorite of it's, his maps. Yeah, yeah, the black and white and red text. It's like, that's, that's like Tolkien maps. Everyone sees that and you, you recognize it. Exactly, and we saw the uh, the picture that everyone knows. Ah, well, we can we can throw a picture up so you guys know which one we're referencing. But yeah, we saw, we saw the original in person. You could see the creases on the paper. Yeah, where he, where he had folded it up. Yep, and that is uh, original from 1954. Yes, yes. Oh, and right nearby, something that was much older and even oh, cooler. Oh, this was sick. It was all fa on a faded-ass piece of notebook paper. Faded-ass piece. And it looked like it might have been done on some pencil and stuff. Yeah. But this was an early, early, early map of Beleriand. But in this map, it was actually called Brosliand. B-R-O-S-E-L-I-A-N-D. Brosliand. Brosland, the land of bros. The land of bros. Bros, 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 bros. Yeah, so this was uh, clearly before he had uh, uh, landed on the name of Balerian, but still. Yeah, and this is from the 1920s, dogs. This is from the 1920s. This is, yeah, just after the war had ended. This is very, very early. So this was... Uh, must have been right after he flesh started fleshing out his fall of Gondolin. That's had to what, have been. Because uh, uh, the actual map... 
is fairly accurate to what yeah Valerian... it looks more or less the same except for some of the names yeah, are different it looked yeah. more or less the same uh doriath was where it normally is a lot of the rivers are right where they are and kingdoms yep. are right where they are even mm-hmm. uh wrote out where there were like some orc raids that were going to happen and yeah future. he did like, yeah yeah everything looked more or less as it does in the final map it's just called balerian instead of brosland it was really cool really really cool guys that was one of my f- favorite things too oh and over by these maps this is sick this was really cool there was a uh old signaling manual called the british captain ej solano's signaling manual which was something that was apparently standard given out to soldiers in the british military to help them understand how to read maps and how to write their own maps and this is clearly uh what influenced tolkien in in his style of map making yeah it was totally weird guys because it was like seeing tolkien's maps broke down into the key yeah there was a they had a part of this uh manual it had they had it opened up to a big old uh map key page like it showed you how to make map keys and like what symbols to use on maps for for your map key and whatnot and it was literally like a map key for tolkien's maps it was all the symbols and styles of things that he used which makes sense because uh, Tolkien's maps are notably modern and not in medieval style, which you'd think they would be. Right, because medieval style maps are almost more like weird paintings. Yeah. Pictures <laughs> of unrealistic They're shapes. They're very unrealistic shapes. Yeah, he, he wanted modern, accurate maps. Yes. Also, one of the most fascinating things were the heraldic devices. Mm. Um, so these are uh, basically guilds for each different character. Yeah, so this was getting uh, in. This was back. This was in the final section where there was all images and stuff, and mm-hmm. they had heralding devices, which was basically like sigils for yeah characters. And this was one. I think one of the things that was on that envelope, right? Yep. yep yeah. Yeah. Some of, the, some of these were straight up just doodled on envelopes. Yep. So some sigils that we found. This isn't all of them, but some of the sigils we found were there was a sigil, or I should call it a heraldic device. Yes. For Gilgalad, which is really cool. Yes, yes. There are multiple versions of Luthiens, mm-hmm. which are really cool. They're all beautiful. Then we had one for Baron as well, mm-hmm. and one for Finrod, Felagon, Finrod, and then of course one for Finarfin. Finarfin. Yeah. So they're just they were really beautiful. They were quite detailed. They were colored, and they were all just very simple little. They were almost like icons. It was, My favorite one was was it what was it uh was it an Arendil one the that had the Silmarils on it? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, that one. Uh, it, so it was basically how you how Tolkien envisioned them. Yeah, the we, we realized that in one of these there there were uh, the Silmarils weren't pictured, and so we realized like that means that is how he pictured the Silmarils to be. Yeah, and they kind of had like they were like a gem with like a flower. T- like a lit flower in the middle. Yeah, so it was a round. They were each round, just regular circular round white gems. Mm-hmm. And inside it had like a, I think it was like a five or six point, just very simple five or six pointed star like, yeah. pattern. Yeah. It was, they're beautiful. It was just really cool to know that this is how he pictured them to be. There are so many artist interpretations out there, but we're getting to see the original shit. What he was picturing in his head. Mm-hmm. This is it. <clears throat> and so a, a lot of these sigils. Uh, sigils the heraldic devices uh, a lot of these images they dated to uh, 1960 or somewhere right around there yeah and last we come to i think one of the most ridiculous things in the exhibit <laughs> 
one of our favorite pieces we literally laughed out loud we lo- we lolled you guys when we see this like yeah. there is a lot of excessive detail throughout all of this like we know he's known for excessive detail he'll write out <laughs> letters that we don't even get in the narrative yeah. he'll make maps for things and like actually measure distances but this just made us laugh yeah, this is, it was a depiction of what he would imagine a Numenorian rug would look like. And it was an artfully done, woven, highly sophisticated pattern rug. And he's like, yeah, this is a Numenorian rug. That's what Numenor- they look like. Which, I mean, I guess it makes sense that, you know, at some point you didn't picture Well, if they had really advanced yeah, and looms things. and stuff like that, yeah. Uh, but we just, is just coming across this, we're just like, he drew a picture of a rug? A what? fucking rug, yeah. He even drew pictures of rugs? Yeah, of all this the things. This is crazy. Of all the things, he's just got everything. Yeah, a rug. Even the rugs, even even down to the rugs. Like this is like the rug that they put in front of their toilet in Numenor. So it's it like was actually, all full of piss and stuff. Uh, it was actually a beautiful picture of a rug. Yeah, and I'd love to see if there's some way that we could get it made. Although I I wonder that pro- there'd probably be copyright issues with that. But who knows? Yeah, we should. Does anybody know any rug makers? Hit us up. Any rug weavers out there that listen to this podcast? Anybody in Persia it's listening very, that makes rugs? Very niche. <laughs> group of people but uh yeah so i think that's about all we're gonna go over for you today guys uh, if you want to hear more about this exhibit you can check out our uh bonus content uh where we you can hear us react as we walk through it that was very fun also if you really want to know go check it out again it's there until december 23rd i believe yes december 23rd of this year and Milwaukee's a fine town. I had a good time there. It is a beautiful place. And it's just, yeah. it's an hour north of Chicago. It's got very similar vibes. Yeah. You're right on the big old Lake Michigan. Michigan. And, and we went, it's just about peak fall right now. Yeah. Um, and it was just gorgeous driving out there. Very scenic. So Yeah, it's fun. Old I-94. But uh, even if it weren't, it, you'd still be worth it just to check out this. Go check out this exhibit while it's there. This is a once-in-a-lifetime. Once-in-a-lifetime, for real. Once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, You'll you never regret it. Um, so just a few final thoughts. Uh, this exhibit is amazing. Make sure you go support them and support the museum. Yeah, we went on a day that was free because we're free letters. No, no uh, it was because it was a, a celebration. Actually, it was a celebration. We uh, It just so happened our schedules timed out that we went on, it was Community Day. Yeah. So they had uh, some cool uh, community activities. Like yeah, they had some book bindings. Or, uh, or, uh, bookmark pe- bindings. Bookmark binders. And yeah. then they did, there was some coloring for kids. And then they even did story times. I thought that was great. Yeah. And then what, is, well, what else happened that we kind of dominated in, but not quite? Oh, we... Almost fucking forgot. Yeah. Trivia. We did trivia, you guys, and we, we came trivia. in a glorious second place finish, I would say. We almost clenched that first. So it came down to we were second place with 40 points, and the first place folks had 42 points. Yep. So it was so close. So close. And uh, Mal uh, had to point out that had we had listened to her for a couple answers, we would have won. We would have won if we, we listened to Joel's won. wife. It's true. Uh, listen to your wives, gentlemen. Listen to your wives. Uh, it's true. We would have won. and But it was it was still, it was a lot of fun. It was a really fun day to go. There was a lot of good people in the community, and the people who uh, work at the museum were fantastic. Really, really friggin' nice people. Yeah, really. they're they're super interested in the content too. It's, yeah, it was really fun to talk to them about all this, and just to see the other people there. You know, just 
experiencing community day yeah and then just like walking through the exhibit as like someone like a curator is like holding up a picture book of the hobbit and like doing story time with the kiddos it was it was a wonderful atmosphere yeah it was cool we met some nerds uh while we were playing we did uh yeah because the team next to us was well they were third place right i think so yeah yeah they were really good too they were fantastic yeah and uh they were they were funny too they had a good sense of humor yeah. if you're listening to this we had a good time hanging out we with had you. a wonderful time and we hope that you guys did too it was an amazing experience and we're happy to share it with you and we hope that everyone listening will get to uh you know some sense of that shared experience you know through through this yeah um so we figured we just kind of end things off here with a chunk an excerpt oh, from I, lo- I love this from the director's forward from susan long henry she is the director and chief curator at the Haggerty museum of art we thought this was a great way to wrap things up Haggerty Museum of Art staff members frequently receive inquiries from visitors who know about Marquette's Tolkien Manuscript Collection and want to personally experience those authentic original objects documenting Tolkien's creative process. Almost without exception, those visitors express awe, wonder, and a strong sense of connection with simply the idea of those manuscripts. For many of them, Tolkien's work is an important part of their lived experience. I am, therefore, so very grateful to the many people who shared the vision for this exhibit and who made it a reality. Wow. Yeah, I love that excerpt. Beautiful. And we, so were, cool. and we were so happy to participate. We were so happy to participate. So happy, so lucky to see it. And, uh, yeah, it was a religious experience. Like she said, just the idea of those manuscripts, those are things he touched, mm-hmm. things he wrote on. I think you mentioned uh, when we were recording ourselves walking through that, that these are like relics to us. These are relics to us, yeah. And um, if you're a Tolkien nerd at all, they, they should be relics to you too. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's incredible to see them in person. I feel really lucky to have done so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was amazing. So thank you to the thank you to the Hagerty Museum of Art for this exhibit. It was yes, it was a once in a lifetime experience. Once in a lifetime experience. We will never forget. And while we're thanking people, let's thank again our patrons from Patreon. Oh yeah. Well, first let's possible. touch on uh, next week. Oh yeah. No, I figured this would be different than the one at the end, just because we'll give them an extra one. You know. Oh sure. Yeah. Uh, oh yes. Of course. Thank you for allowing us to make <laughs> this whole trip to the yeah to the whole museum. It, like we said, it was because of you that we were able to. Afford uh, the gas and the fees to be able to get yeah. out there. It was all you guys. So thank you so much. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this, and we hope you enjoy the uh, extra content to go along with it. Yeah, this is what happens when you donate to the Patreon, guys. Cool ass content. Cool things happen. Cool things happen. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's all we've got for you today for episode sixty nine. <laughs> sixty nine. <laughs> hell yeah! Next week we got episode seventy where we will be doing our uh, in depth review of season one of the Rings of Power. So we did our weekly reacts up until now, which were kind of just that. They're just simple reactions. Mm-hmm. But we're going to do some deep diving into some lore and information for you and give you a full review of season one next week. So stay tuned. Hell yeah, guys. Thanks for listening to KOT Podcast. And uh, once again, for the third time, thanks our Patreon, <laughs> our patrons. Thanks to our patrons. Woo-woo-woo. If yeah. you want to be a patron and support us, go to www.patreon.com slash KOT Podcast. Yeah, it helps us bring you great new content at the same level of quality you come to expect. If you don't believe us, we just gave you an episode. We, we just did it. it. We just did it. So just, just, hit rewind, it just hit rewind. Just hit rewind, brothers. Um, and if uh, monthly donations are not your speed, that's totally fine. If you're someone who just prefer to make a one-time donation, that is 
totally fine. We can make that happen. We've got PayPal or other services, so just contact us on one of our social medias or by email, and we'll make it work. And as always, don't forget to subscribe. You can find us on Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, or anywhere you get your podcasts, and you just go to that website forward slash keep on Tolkien. Yes, yes, and join us on our social media. Join our Discord. There will be a link to join in the uh, episode uh, description here. And pretty much every uh, description on our YouTube also has links now, I believe. Yes, yes. So, so come join the Discord. It is a wonderful community of people. Yeah, we love our Discord. We interact with them every day. If you want to be like friends with us, yeah, like, hop, on, the, hop yeah. on Discord and hang out hop with us. Hop on the Discord. Start, start some shit, you know? No, I'm just... Just don't <laughs> don't start some shit. Don't start shit. Uh, follow us on Twitter at KOT Podcast. And then don't forget to check us out on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash official. Keep on Tolkien. And uh, if you're on Facebook, don't forget to join the KOT Talk group. You can ask questions and join the discussions and share pictures and memes. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, and follow us on Instagram at Keep On Tolkien Podcast. And don't forget to check out our new merch store, of course. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, check out the KOT brr, 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 merch. Designed uh, by us and our friends, and uh, it's cool shit. And also, we want to talk about that we really like tmail.com. Mm-hmm. They, um, they're a, uh, it took us a while to find a, uh, how you say, ethical... <laughs> T-shirt, an t-shirt ethical company. company yes yeah so and we found them and they're really great the it, um check out all their cool stuff uh it says on the bottom of our store it says all their spiel mm-hmm. read that yeah yeah uh they're great so that would be keep dash on dash tolkien dash podcast dot tmill dot com yeah all right folks that's all we got for you today i'm joel n and i'm danny j and as always keep, keep on, on tolkien, tolkin. I'll ray into the bar. Thank you, Milwaukee. Thank you, Hagerty Museum of Arts. Mm-hmm.